Uh, welcome any and everybody to the Vaguely Familiar Podcast. My name is Nazar Sayed and with me as always, my partner in crime and co-host. Bashar. Uh, today we have a very special podcast for you guys. We talked to the wonderful Osama Khalid, brother of former guest on the Vaguely Familiar Podcast, Daim Khalid. How was the conversation? Did you like it? It was great. It was fantastic. It was great to speak to somebody, a fellow creator. Yes. Within the Pakistani Canadian community. Yeah. And um, got to learn so much about his craft, how he goes about it, um, and how much he's how far he's come. His life in uh, Canada was quite hard in the beginning, judging by his name. And he went on about that. And I feel like that moment where we talked about the differences in the high school experiences that we had, I was moved. That was a very powerful moment. And I'm glad that Osama shared that with us. Um, I hope you guys liked this podcast. It was a delight to do. He, he came over all the way from uh, Cambridge, was it? Cambridge, Ontario. Kitchener. Kitchener, Ontario. My bad. I apologize. Um, I apologize. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just great. And I hope you guys like it. I hope you guys stay through the entire thing. It's a bit long. This one is. But it's totally worth it. I agree. Yeah. Cheers. The problem that we have been facing is that our... Start? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Problem that we've been facing initially is that our our audience is so diverse in the sense that we have fat like mm-hmm. audience people that are here in in North America and then there's people in Pakistan yeah and then so we mostly have a debate on who do we cater to yeah 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 are we trying to talk to the people in Pakistan mm-hmm. or are we trying to talk to the people here mm-hmm. are we trying to like talk to both of them at the same time mm-hmm. and like we sometimes get into heated debates about that yeah because people say to have like a successful podcast mm-hmm. you need to like cater to a niche but too much Gary Vee. <laughs> okay but on our podcast we talk about like different things like music movies cricket mm-hmm. um and we have guests on occasionally as well yeah. so it becomes a bit hard uh and i look at it like from the algorithms perspective like if it's trying to like push our content where would it push it to like to the cricket audience to the music audience mm-hmm. to the movies um and so that's what we have debates about a slave to the ar- uh, algorithm. Eh? <laughs> algorithm is key. Bro, it's, it's a it's a it's a hassle. It's a massive hassle. I I, did, I couldn't get like views and uh, whatnot on my stories until like I don't know, like five four years into like you know developing my account. Like it was yeah. like it's very dry before then. But now I post a reel and it just like goes everywhere for some reason. I don't Your know. Your reels how. are doing really well. I don't I, know how. Like for research, I do absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I so just po- again for research we we looked at it. Yeah. And we have like one reel that's like ninety thousand. Yeah. One's it, like twenty five thousand. That like, that's like very alien to me. Um, yeah. Every time like I go to like like my old like summer like a reel I post in summer. Yeah. Um, probably the one that you're talking about. Yeah. And I look at like if if it's someone sharing it like it goes to, like view reshares and it's still like on someone's story somewhere. Yeah. The world. Like, yeah. It's, it's because <laughs> it's, it's weird it, how it's surviving. And uh, the yeah. thing is, I think the reels and TikTok algorithm has really democratized the way that yeah. you view content. Yeah. Like, because if it's good content, mm-hmm. people will want to click it on it and stay on it. when it was uploaded. Yeah. Like, it'll, it'll come keep, to your page. It'll somehow. keep going. Yeah. yeah. Just speak a little bit closer into the mic. Okay. Yeah. You can pull it as much as you want. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And you can, just because the I can see the waveforms. And, I see, I see. So we're rolling, by the way. Oh, so cool, it's, cool, cool. this is how we get into it. We have an intro before. Gotcha, gotcha. You, uh, bef- Y'all are so, slick. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are slick. <laughs> we, just, we just make it happen. Uh, we had, we, him and I talked a lot in the car ride here because it was like an hour long car ride and it was so much traffic. I think mm-hmm. we we were talking about how yeah. we almost had a, our own podcast there. Okay. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, if you have any questions, I, I told him like, it's fine. We can repeat. 
It's all good. Yeah, no, we had Daiwa on the pod earlier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Now we have you. So let me know when your third brother's back from Pakistan. <laughs> we'll get all three. <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> that, that, um, that's going to be, yeah. I feel like we should finish the trifecta like that. Yeah. <laughs> is he any, any way artistically inclined? Uh, we will get him. He, he, is, he, is, he is creative, but in his own way. You know, yeah, like he, he's, he's definitely not in like the same like, you know, videography or like photography field, but he's def- he loves to like he loves to flex that muscle yeah because i feel like it's just in our blood in our in our family because it's around us um he's inspired like by you know by he may be inspired by me and them or like you know whoever like he looks up to yeah and uh he definitely does he loves drawing and he he has his own little sketchbook um he does graffiti art uh he's very into that um yeah he has he has a lot of interest and he just needs that direction there's so many different ways to like express your art oh yeah it's insane. so many different it's ways insane. like, like he, he also he specifically made me realize like whoa this is like this yeah. is a, this is not something i would dabble in but i respect it a lot you know you know what uh, one art form that i totally took for granted as not an art form at all mm-hmm. is gaming ah uh, yeah like Big the time. way Big time. people move in first like cod it's and all that crazy, yeah like, I, you do a lot of gaming as well and i do I, and I do, I, yeah. i'm sometimes streaming yeah. your streams yeah. <laughs> and i'm like the way people are moving i love it I love i'm it. like that's an art form yeah. itself the way that you know how to like duck yeah. and, and cover and there's, know a, there's a whole shoot. project on my online portfolio like on video game photography yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's like just screen captures like i use a print screen button yeah and like of like the just like beautiful moments i caught in the game and i just posted them in my uh, you know portfolio, saying like I took these pictures, which I did, which you did, um, but they were in the game, you know. Like, so, what's your uh, preference for first person uh, shooter games? Eh, they're fun. <laughs> they're they're good. They're a good thing to get your minds off. Like I play I play Halo. Yeah, they just came out recently. Oh, the, the new Halo. The, the yeah, Halo I saw uh, one of the who's the YouTuber? Uh, I think Sarah Dichi was playing it. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like so Sarah I posted I posted some like you know some stuff on my Instagram and Twitter, just, you know, just like me playing it. And it's more of a nostalgic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I came to Canada, that was like the first game I played. Halo. Yeah. Um, and we were really into it. And now this new one came and it's just like, yeah. you know, where do you play? Are you a PC gamer? PC. Yeah, oh, yeah. PC. That's yeah, why we... you're not getting, letting go of your PC. <laughs> yeah. We talked off, off camera about how he literally owns every Apple product except the Mac. <laughs> and I was like, why don't you have a Mac yet? But like, I built <laughs> oh, this PC too, right? I, I yeah. like, like from scratch and I just, I, that's I, your baby. Attachment. Yeah. yeah there's so. too many sentiments attached. Exactly. Yeah. There, there, it's an, it's like, it was a big, it's probably like my biggest investment right now. Yeah. Right? And, uh, I, I know I have to like sell it and then like invest in that MacBook or whatever. Um, the thing is, you have such a unique style of mm-hmm. expressing your art. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about this when we were researching you. And he was very surprised. And I was like, oh, yeah, we did your research. Like, you research me? <laughs> really? I'm like, yeah, man, we researched all our guests. So we basically went through your portfolio. And yeah. look, I was telling him how amazing his animations are. Like his Pakistan animations where he, where you added yeah. your flair to it. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me how that started oh because that's <laughs> such a unique yeah. thing to your art yeah, yeah and the way that you express yourself mm-hmm. that i don't think I've, I've seen people do it in that style uh-huh. anywhere else so please tell me how you did okay um uh, so tell well, me your secrets <laughs> so dime and i were sitting and we basically we, we had this pockets on trip planned and he was there for like work and then yeah. like uh i was gonna go there just to like you know i hadn't visited in a while and i, I had some free time went there for a month um for a cousin's wedding of course but um it ended up being like uh i had much more free time to myself and we yeah. actually got to explore yeah um but before that like we had a plan to like you know like i want to i want to take some pictures but i didn't know what to do with them i didn't want them to just be like pictures i took in pakistan or like portraits of people i wanted like some like you know something that would show my identity 
in those pictures, you know, yeah, like 100%. what I knew as a, you know, Canadian, but also Pakistani. Um, and like my upbringing, upbringing with like manga and anime being central to my childhood and still is to this day. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he had the amazing idea of like mixing it, like putting like in very minimal, like, like not, you know, not in a way where it just takes it over. Yeah. But in a very like subtle way uh, to like give an ode to a certain, you know, certain reference in from a manga. Yeah. And uh, we actually wrote notes down. Like we actually like wrote like he 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 gave me most of these ideas. Like yeah. this is mostly Dan's creative direction. I basically executed it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's how team works, man. It's it's crazy. It's I like crazy. how you're giving him credit. No, it's it's insane. Like how much like like he was the one that like gave the idea to me, and I basically built upon it. Right. Yeah. Um. So he we basically like were brainstorming like back and forth, and we were like thinking of situations. And he he'd be like, "What about like a little kid in like the Naruto's nine cloaked, oh, like wow. like ten like like yeah, pale yeah. cloak, right?" And that ended up being a picture that yeah. I actually did. And uh, there was another one where we had uh of uh like Aokiji. Yeah. Um. Like uh, I found like this uh, old man riding a bike, and it was just so like it just like perfect resemblance of the character from the manga. Yeah. And I was like, this this hit, but it took me months to make that. Really. Like, there's so many reiterations. That was from part two, by the way. But um, like I I started it. Yeah. Um. It's it sat in my like like you know drive for a while, and every time every like couple every like every couple of weeks I'd go to it, try to like try to make it work. Yeah. It just didn't work. It just like it wasn't it wasn't working. I, I wasn't satisfied with it. It was, yeah. it was too like either too much or too little. Um until I found that middle ground after like six months of holding on to it and then like working on the rest of the series. I feel like that's how, that's exactly how I write poetry, man. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. you have to go back and revisit <laughs> and then yeah. you have to yeah. like the best advice I ever got about writing was write. Mm-hmm. Keep it in a drawer for two weeks and yeah, then open it again. Exactly. Cause when you when you give that space Fresh eyes. that that time, it like it is you're you're looking at it in a new perspective. Yeah, you let it marinate for a There's bit. There's a quote where um, it's uh, to write is to is to be human. To edit is to be divine. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true, that's man. Nice and it's it's that's Proper. Stephen King right there. Yeah, yeah. it's insane because uh, even though our art forms are so completely different, mm-hmm. but they're so, they're at the core. The spirit is so like it's the same thing. Yeah, it comes, exactly. It's cut from the same cloth. Exactly, exactly. And that's so wonderful to me. Yeah, like because that's how I started to get to know your art. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is insane what mm-hmm. he's doing. Like, I, I followed you before that. Mm-hmm. And then we went on the creator walk we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> YYZ creator walk. I think I told you about this. Yes. And he was the one who's spearheading it. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> Good times. We, we went through, our, uh, I think we, I went to the one that was in Chinatown. Yeah. And I met so many creative people, man. And the best thing about it was that they were mostly like, colored like exactly people that exactly us. yeah and you hardly see that like mm-hmm. even on the mm-hmm. youtubes you see the peter mckinnon's and yeah. the case that, that, that was a goal right like you wanted like people that that look like us to show yeah. up for like this type of thing you know it's yeah. not not something in stem or like a workshop or networking event you know? yeah it'd be very like you know it was like, very wholesome and yeah. like i was struggling because i just i bought my camera that summer mm-hmm. i was struggling with like exposure i actually remember you you like yeah. you, like how you were like working i'm like huh like we have like we have like really like new like they actually want to learn and like yeah. and yeah, you yeah. were one of them and i actually like that was probably like the highlights of these walks that i was able to you know like give like just the basic knowledge for me yeah you know and they wouldn't know about it so like just like being able to share that was like a, such a gem yeah, and like yeah. I took that skills all the way we went to London. We went to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I told you about mm-hmm. like everywhere I've been, I've I've taken those skills and applied yeah. it to different forms of art and yeah. different photos. So mm-hmm. like I I I love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my next question is, when the pandemic is sort of gone, do you plan on resuming it? Um, I do have 
plan. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how to go about it right now. Yeah. Um, the intention is to bring it back. Um, it's not dead. Um, I do want to keep it going because it's something that um, I started and I hold dear to my heart. Um, yeah. I started with uh, three other friends of mine. They're very talented photographers. Yeah. Um, and uh, we just have to like have a conversation uh, who's willing to keep going and uh, yeah. whatnot. But like, I, re- I really want to keep it going, but also change it up because yeah, yeah. because um, when we had it, it was amazing. Um, but the more we started doing it, um, there was there was our our mission kind of became all blurry, and yeah. we kind of lost our lost our focus, and it became something that I didn't want it to be. Yeah. Um, but now that's why in this hiatus, I've been trying to you know figure out a way where I can bring its soul back. Mm-hmm. and uh that's that's what i'm struggling with right now yeah. yeah i think it was a really great initiative like i, I met mm-hmm. so many wonderful people mm-hmm. there and i would love to see it come back yeah, yeah. if it happens again we're there we're there <laughs> like, I, like i've been telling him so many times that he should like try to get into photography as yeah. well because once you start seeing the world through the lens oh, of yeah. viewfinder you find compositions and leading the smallest lines, little things smallest little and things, everything yeah. becomes so much more i mean this is very poetic but it becomes so much more prettier. Mm-hmm. It's romantic. I, it's romantic. When when we moved into this house, I looked at the windows outside yeah. and I started looking at how the lines mm-hmm. bisect each other and like I could I could photograph from here. Yeah. <laughs> I could take a sunset picture there and like it's just it becomes like that. You see the world in a very different yeah. view. And um, yeah, I mean like mm-hmm. that was one of those things that physically like changed my life. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to thank you personally on that. No worries. Do you think your Photoshop that. skills um, are part of the photography skills that you guys have? Uh, one of my cousins, he also had a photography page mm-hmm. and uh, he would kind of give my brother a bad look every time that he would mention that. Um, I edit the, my picture. pictures. Are good, uh, but he's a purist. Editing, I see, I see, editing I see. is where the actual yeah. work happens. Yeah, yeah. What is your opinion on that? I'm a, I'm a more of a 50-50. Um, I, I believe uh, it's, it's the actual performing of taking a picture the composition that you know that what's going in your head when you're taking a picture that is what's it's it's what's the foundation it's the soul of the picture um what can actually accelerate it or like help i don't know elevate it elevate it into its best potential is where editing come from yeah comes from and that's that's where i that's where how i like to keep it um i have practiced that you know no editing um 100% you know with my film photography yes and, but that in itself is like you have to keep it well, you can't edit film photography. That's just like, that's the preposterous. You don't, you don't do that. Yeah, that's that's a rule. But with digital, you know, it's 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 uh, you have more leeway. It's not it's not it's not limited. You're not you're not you're not constrained to a certain amount of frames per you know roll of a film. You can take ten pictures in a second. You know, and one of those pictures is, can be like you know that key mm-hmm. that key frame that you can you know bring to into a mass. What do you enjoy more, digital or film? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a I, have, I have love for both um uh, but i genuinely genuinely have enjoy photography more in with film yeah um I think mostly I really... because of how much thought i have to have when taking a picture and before i even press that button um like i have to know like how i'm gonna crop this picture how i'm gonna you know c- compose it and with digital i'm like i can just you know like edit this post and just like I don't know, somehow like add two different pictures together and you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. mess with mess with it basically. There's so many times where you take digital pictures and you don't even use like seventy percent. Yeah, of exactly. You zoom in, exactly. take one part and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And like with I agree film, with it's just it's 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 you're just laying your your view out there. Yeah. And I I love that. What film camera are you rocking? I I use a Pentax SP one thousand. Uh, that was my film 
my first film camera. That's amazing. I found it in a little thrift store uh, for yeah. 45 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's a steal. Yeah, with the lens too. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's so, amazing. And it works and everything. Yeah, it was perfectly mechanical and uh, it doesn't, it's not electronic, so it's yeah. fully mechanical. So no batteries, nothing. Um, it's my baby. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I haven't, I haven't been able to use it in that. a while. Yeah. Mostly because of like income. Film photography is expensive. Very expensive. And uh, COVID, you know. Yeah, nothing where do you happening. Go to <laughs> nothing <Yeah>. happening. <laughs> um, Earlier yeah. in the car, we were talking about how he was actually an English lit major for a long time. Do you want to <laughs> touch upon like that? A bit? His life goals. Yeah. I, told him, I told him, do you want to touch upon that? How yeah, was your experience? I went, I went with the John Green route. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I did touch upon this, but um, yeah, it, it, was, it was fun to a certain point. Um, I really did enjoy first year of uni as an English and literature major. It was like, I, I I was reading. That was my studies. You know, I was reading 19th century literature. I'm going to break you off. What made you go into it and how was your dad okay with it? Okay. Okay. Um, so all through high school, I was part of this um, fan fiction website and it was for a manga. And uh, I was basically part of this. We were part of this universe. And I had this character that I developed uh, when I started, the, when I joined the website. And the point is you take this character and you write posts like in, in prose um collaborating with other characters on the website that's amazing and and just creating your own world through it right yeah. um so i had friends online before instagram and uh, whatnot and i would be on this website every day and i'm a i'm a <laughs> basically the metaverse the metaverse the, basically i i was i, I was a massive like 100 percent introvert i i barely hung out with my friends uh from high school because i barely had any um i was a homebody you know i'd stay home I'd, c- I'd come from home, home from school and I'd go straight to the computer. And Dime found this so odd. Like this yeah. website, what is the website he's always on? Yeah. <laughs> I remember like my cousin was over, over, over and they were like reading over my post and they were like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I'm like, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> You're not supposed to get it. <laughs> um, but it's funny because like I built this character for four years, you know, like yeah. he's like, I like you when you're starting you join the site you make this character he has a you know he has a like a magic yeah. he has a history he has like an origin story right yeah. and you start you you continue his story from there on out so I had this character for four years and throughout those years he slowly became like one of the most powerful characters in, on the website yeah. because of the time I put into it and like um just you know there's a lot of like you know like fighting in yeah. terms of like you know battle yeah. scenes and whatnot, but it taught me a lot in terms of writing. Like most of my like writing experience comes from there. That, that's four years of everyday writing. Yeah, posts. And when I say like posts, I'm talking about like there's it, it'd be strict because for this for these like characters there, there'd be like limits like there'd be word limits um, that you'd have to reach. Like see, I'm, on, I'm going on a mission with this character. I'm like going on like a little rescue mission for like a kidnapping. Yeah. Um. To achieve that mission, you have to write at least fifteen hundred words. Wow! And you have to basically write a whole story, like, oh, hey, did he woke up, you know, like he went to this town, he talked to this sheriff. It's all in dialogue, all in prose. Na- so, narrated. like, you basically, it's basically like short stories, writing prompts, and then you write a short story. Exactly, it, yeah. exactly. And uh, this, so cool. this, but that's just one mission, and yeah. I did hundreds and hundreds yeah, yeah. and hundreds. If I could like get all the writing from that high school website together it would probably be like a proper like proper huge novel like yeah, 500 yeah, talking novel. like some uh, game of thrones <laughs> yeah level. exactly exactly about <laughs> writers they say that every writer eventually or in some way or the other writes about themselves so was that character a part of you definitely yeah. definitely uh because that's where my experience was and i was i was able to take from my own personal experiences and just you know put that into my character and it 
kind of became my online person persona yeah and that's the first time i made online friends um i was actually uh, i think after two years on the website um i actually was a moderator on the website oh, and wow. that's where i began to have web ex- web uh, web management experience because i was in, i was in the back end now and i was part of the staff team and when you're on the staff team you have a skype group and when you're on the skype group you're actually like talking and like planning out different events on that website and I actually mentioned this in my interviews too. Like I did this in high school and I took a lot away from it and it actually pointed me towards that, you know, design career yeah. and that where I am now. Um, but yeah, writing like every day in high school um, and, you know, taking that grade 12 creative writing class and when I was in grade 11. I love that class. It was like, is the best thing I ever did. And I was yeah. like, I want to, I want to keep doing this. So. Especially like if the teachers on, especially in that class are good, that, yeah. that, the lessons you learn from that exactly. class stays forever. English yeah. teachers, they, they have a special Bro. place in my heart. Same thing. I, feel, yeah. I don't know if it's literally how good English teachers yeah. can be yeah. or how much Hollywood has romanticized the English That's teacher. That's true. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Curse of being a wallflower. But I feel, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Edge yeah. of 17. Agreed, agreed. All had like really good English teachers. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't mm-hmm. want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like you, you see that, you're like, I want to be that English yeah. teacher, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, but yeah, so first year university, I mean, I loved English lit. You know, I would be reading, I'd doing essays. Second year happens. I'm, I'm liking it, um, but I'm not seeing any like, it's redundant. It's the same thing. Um, and I, I basically like, I took third year classes in my second year as well. Just like see like the levels of difference of like skills and like, you know, if there's any growth in terms of learning. And there wasn't. I just yeah. felt like I reached a cap and I couldn't like go further from that. Um, so that's why I was, I, I'm an ex-English and literature major, um, but I ended with the digital media and journalism it kind of broke my heart when you told me this yeah i was like really because again it broke my heart man because like i like i told you like i love reading before university and the thing is with the course load is like i took four to five english courses per per term and each class would have at least three to five novels or like literature to read and write about and that would that would be up to like you know like 15 to 20 pieces of literature per term and it got too extensive to a point where i wasn't actually reading I was just looking for like stuff that could like help you help me help help my argument my thesis you know like critical reading and it kind of destroyed my love for reading and to this day i struggle to finish a book to this day yeah see i feel like he has this alternative reality where he's like alternative reality (laughs) if i did that (laughs) how dare you there's like this parallel universe where he did pursue english (laughs) Mm -hmm. and And uh, he he thinks (laughs) he's like a a journalist at the toronto star and he's like you know the next tesla minaj or whatnot (laughs) i don't know the next hollywood is Andy Hughes. why not (laughs) i mean sure yeah i had that dream too you can still do that yeah you can still do that yeah but the thing is when it comes to writing and that type of stuff you don't need that english degree unless you're trying to teach you know yeah exactly we were talking about this yeah that writing isn't a profession it's a lifestyle yeah and that you can be a writer without Mm -hmm. being published either like that's that's one of those things about Mm -hmm. art that you don't have to be exactly name dropping someone right you could be your own self and keep writing Mm -hmm. and pursue something else but it would be amazing if that's all you did and you got paid for it (laughs) that's the dream but like you know, you don't have to be. Um, it doesn't have to be black and white. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. But so, you're, because I wanted to talk about the whole storytelling aspect of your yeah. art, your and dimes as well. But mm-hmm. I, I'll stick with you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, storytelling is so hard, and 
yet you make it look so easy sometimes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because you're, you're, like we were talking about your animations, uh, uh, even uh-huh. just your reels we were mm-hmm. talking about, Sounds of November, mm-hmm. Sounds of Summer, yeah. Sounds of July, one yeah. of those, the one that got really big. Yeah. They're, all they are is just him taking a trip with his dog. <laughs> right like sounds of november yeah. is basically just a walk just walk in the it's woods. just a walk yeah. but there's story to it mm-hmm. i could if i wanted to i could probably break it down into a three-act structure mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh he goes takes the dog from here to there yeah this is the hap- something happens there something happens there and then he's back and then there's mm-hmm. obviously ambiance and yeah and there's a tone to it yeah. and there's your your touch as well mm-hmm. but how much do you struggle with storytelling if at all yeah because i find that when i'm telling my stories through mm-hmm. through lens through words storytelling and the way I want to tell it, mm-hmm. it's it becomes very tiresome to me mm-hmm. sometimes. And I don't know how to... I don't know what the best way to get around that is. So I honestly... I, I don't think about it much so <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of storytelling. It's just very like... I try to like go with the flow. Yeah. Um, In terms of like... Like when I say like I'm on a walk, each each each, each time I see like a cool... Like I just put my camera up, takes like five seconds. Yeah. Um, And then move on until like I see the next cool thing, right? Um, And there's no like... I'm just trying to share my my experience. Mm-hmm. Trying to try and make it most natural. Um, and I feel like if I'm able to deliver that and someone can, you know, like get something out of it, you know, get some peace or get some, you know, like, I don't know, some therapy out of it, you know, I've done my I've done my work. Yeah. So the priority isn't storytelling. It's just to connect with another person. Yeah. And if they if it's because you the thing is when it comes to storytelling, you you can be in charge of a story, but to a certain point, right? Yeah. Because everybody everybody reads something differently everybody like sees something differently and they're gonna connect with it differently and it's yeah. gonna be their own story in their own light and i don't want to impose on that yeah so i feel like if i leave that room for them to you know connect with it emotionally they can yeah. they can build that story themselves yeah it's in a vagueness that you can put yeah, yourself in exactly it and you can relate to it yeah. i think that's so beautiful man like i i feel like i struggle with that a lot because mm-hmm. i am trying to dictate a narrative yeah and the narrative takes hold mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to the other way, which should, which the you know, which yeah. the reader or the consumer, whoever it is, takes hold of. Yeah, narrative. I think I think it's there is that it ha- it has it's it has its place. Yeah, uh, when it comes to narrative, but I don't think for what I'm trying to do, um, yeah, it doesn't it shouldn't it doesn't belong there. But like say like with my captions, I'm fully like I'm fully like into that narrative process, yeah. and I want to like make something that people's like oh whoa <laughs> like this is gonna make me cry you know <laughs> like yeah, that's the, the goal that's the goal <laughs> i want them to cry and uh yeah <laughs> so who do you look for when you look for like who's your creative uh like who do you look up to when you're when you're making your art oh your 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 magnum well not your magnum opus but people you look up to basically oh man um like when I when I'm writing, I'm looking up to the Khalid Husseinis of the world. I see. Mozart, Hamid, J.K. Rowling, Stephen King. I'm trying to remember. Um, like your graphic designer god type. The thing is, like the the goal for me is like when I started writing, I I fell in love with it because I just loved, you know, putting one word with another and then another and another, and then it just like turning out beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and it, it, it did become like more of a like a storyteller thing, storytelling thing, much more than it was. Uh, Wow, like I read this and it just sounds beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. like I just I just love the way like this flows. Yeah. Um and I started writing in that sense. I don't know, I don't know. I honestly don't know where I took it from. Um I did read a lot of um like just random 19th century literature. When it comes yeah. to poetry, um I really connected with um Mahmoud Darwish's poems. Mm-hmm. I love his I love his writing and that I think I think that's the closest I think I can get to someone 
I'm trying to write like yeah in terms of like the way I want to write yeah um I love the way he like turns you know beautiful stories into like you know into such simple metaphors and yeah. whatnot and that. being able to like speak in simplest simplest just simple language but to be able to also speak that beauty mm. is like the perfect combination yeah um, less is more that's, yeah, that's that's what i've learned agreed. as well yeah. i read uh, in my early days well not early, i'm only 25 but <laughs> you know like when i was my, when i was a teenager i read a lot of hemingway mm-hmm. and he does that really well yeah. as well he has very simplistic prose agreed but he, the way he makes it sound like he, he expands it almost yeah. mm-hmm. by how much he his taste in, in the way that he presents mm-hmm. things to the reader it's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful and I, I totally relate to that yeah so the one thing i really like did myself was uh experimenting with the second person ah um because I, I see first person and third person all the time in yeah. literature could um, you explain what that is yeah so second person is basically when you're actually writing uh you're actually um talking uh, to a person talking to a person in in writing so instead of using i or they you'd be using you and like to show you it's yeah. second person yeah and so it'd be like i'd be talking to someone yeah. in my captions and that person would be the reader yes and uh, that's why they would instantly feel that connection you know like i say like you you were in the setting and you were you were experiencing this because i'm telling them you're experiencing this they have yeah. no choice yeah. and yeah. they put their mind in that position did that come from like reading a lot or it, how did you come up with that i don't know i i just like i've i started treating it like a letter to somebody um and it just like it just felt that's very so like, wild i just wanted to be like a just at first like it was a letter to you it was that that's how it started we're talking about how you were writing in you, second person in, for, in, are you yeah. writing for someone yes. so yeah. i was gonna ask you like are you writing that for somebody <laughs> like a, a set of a set of audience <laughs> you want to take a name right now or something um, <laughs> a I set of audience that like will find it or is it like a message in a bottle where um, whoever finds it so the first one the first one was uh to an ex and okay, it course. was it was heartbreak and yeah. I just wanted those emotions to go somewhere, and they went where they went. Um, and then I started directing it to basically message in a bottle. Or there's actually a, a series I called "Prayer uh, uh, Love Letters to God," mm. and it would basically be me talking to God, but in like second person. And I just felt feel like even though I'm talking about this, like you know, this you know this whole section other like you know i'm talking about god you know like it's, it's, yeah. it's but other others that may read it they can interpret it in their own way yeah. and i feel like the, the same thing happened with rumi's work too right yeah. like they're the same the same exact, same exact effect thing, uh, yeah. because you're, he's he's his 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 intent was you know faith driven and just talking about his relationship with, with god and that's what i'm doing but at the same time you know you got like high schoolers or like you know like yeah young young folks trying to you know compare to their you know like where was the um out beyond ideas of wrong right doing and not doing there's a field i'll meet you there people have like caption exactly those are instagram captions yeah they're making it like you know this is about like my significant other no it's actually about god (laughs) it's i don't know if you've heard the song june by elizafer no. Uh, but he. I think um, there's a story where someone's saying that he's not talking about his ex or a girl, mm-hmm. but he's in fact describing God. Yeah. yeah. Highly recommend it. It's one of your favorite mm-hmm. songs. It's mm-hmm. very good. Um, it's Sufi rock. Oh, but Letters to that. God, that's like, it sounds like a very personal, like, communication yeah. you would have with God. Yeah. How are you uh, comfortable with putting that out there for the world to see yeah. and interpret? I wanted, I wanted more, I wanted that transparency out there. We don't really get to see it much, no, I think, it, because it's such a one on one relationship. Um, I wanted, I wanted like just a beauty in my, you know, 
du'as or my conversations because you know it's just a lot of people can be like I want this I want this I want this yeah beautify it you know romanticize those those things because they're they they have a lot of value to them and I just feel like if I if I put that out there and some folks can see that and take away something from it I think you know that's that's a mission <laughs> that's the, I relate that's to that so much yeah. uh, a lot of people like my mom keeps telling us to uh like you said beautify your prayers like yeah. the more the way the way you ask God is also an art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can, con- like, if, if you're convincing, if you're, if you're taking your time with it, if you're precious with it, yeah. then the replies that you're seeking will come quicker Indeed. as well. Yeah. I feel but, like, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but it's yeah, so wild that you were talking about writing your novel and, in, in, or writing stories in the second person. Yeah. Because I've been writing, my whole entire novel is in second person oh, as well. Oh, really? And it's wild yeah. that you were saying that. Yeah. It's because, uh, so in my novel, the character that he's writing to mm-hmm. doesn't show up until halfway through the see, novel. I see, I see. Yeah. So he's basically telling his backstory mm-hmm. and then that character shows up. That's awesome. And then he starts talking to yeah. her about it. And this, and then you you came here and then mm-hmm. this happened and then blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's the struggle. I, I've, rest, I've restarted that novel at least 17 times. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've written I more than 100,000. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> 200,000 words for that novel. Yeah. And every time I write about that, I get stuck because it's such a hard narrative to yeah. write. The thing is, it's hard to continue. Second yes. person is hard to sustain. Yes. I feel like it's great for short form, but I've always struggled with that, sustaining it into like a whole narrative. Yeah, when, yeah, when, it's, when it's a caption, it's easy, you know, it's, it's, it's fleeting. But when you have to stick with it, yes, that's when that's where the real work. So I, that's a very good thing that you put yeah. in my mind now that I could I could try writing short stories in yeah. second person. So what I did if now the draft that I'm writing now mm-hmm. is third person. I see, I see. Because then I yeah. then after second person didn't work for a while, mm-hmm. I was like I can't do that anymore. So I tried first person, mm-hmm. and first person seemed a lot whiny. Well, yeah. It seemed too much whiny. I see, I see, I see. Because the par- character is very flawed, yeah. and he makes a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. and he he's really hard on himself. Mm-hmm. So that can come across as whiny. Mm-hmm. So I, I stayed away from that. Now I'm writing it in third person and I'm enjoying it a lot more. Okay. Because, because even the even though because it feels like I'm still writing in second person to yeah. that person. Yeah. But I'm telling it from my perspective. Yeah. Like yeah, this yeah. is what the I see it. Exactly. And it's so funny that you mentioned that, that you were writing in second person as well, because not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And you I feel like hardly it's read a very, novel like it's that. very like overlooked. And I feel yeah. like it's the easiest way someone can connect to a piece of work. Yeah. Because they you're you're putting them in their in the in the shoes of the main character yeah you're being talked to exactly, exactly. that's so insane yeah. a lot of um my poetry and i love poetry i've read is in second mm-hmm. person where they're talking about you and i love you that. did this and yeah. you did that and it's that's when i'm like oh okay 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 so mm-hmm. you could do that yeah right, let's try that with like mm-hmm. a novel I'm like, yeah. it's harder than you <laughs> think it is <laughs> sorry it just, it just makes the connection uh, so much easier like as a reader yeah um and i think you mentioned how uh there's a certain set of emotions part of your art mm-hmm. and i always feel that when i watch any of your videos or any of dimes movies mm-hmm. uh, there's an instant sort of emotional connection and yeah. i um i resonate with that mm-hmm. It's, it's really great. Appreciate I think the other thing that we really wanted to talk to you about was music because yeah. we, we gel <laughs> on a lot of the same genres. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about this in the car that a lot of people, again, that look like us don't necessarily listen to that kind of music. Like, uh, oh, what? You were talking about inspirations for like writing. Yeah. And literally, like, music is my main go to yeah. when it comes to like thinking of something to write about. Yeah. Storytelling yeah. is music. I told you. I told you. Blanked out on that. No, no. To- it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit it out. We'll yeah. cut it. In. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you listen to a lot of. We were just talking about his love 
for the Amazing Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, which yeah. I don't think a lot of people give credit <laughs> to Hans Zimmer for, yeah. because it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that for a sec? Um, yeah, it's it's uh, genuinely like such a beautiful piece of work, and uh, sure, like the movie gets a lot of hate, sure, but I watched and some of it is rightfully so. Exactly, exactly, definitely rightfully so. Yeah. But the soundtrack is just beautiful. Um, not even like the calm ones, like the really like rugged, like you know, like say Electro's theme. Yeah, there's just so like it's like perfect for his character. Like yep. there's so much thought behind it. And I love what like Hans Zimmer does in his, like, in his process for like making soundtracks for movies. Um, he, he has a lot, he connects it to that story. You know, it's yeah. not just like separate. It's, it's tied to that character and it's meant for that character. Um, so that movie dealt with a lot of like, I don't know, like a lot of uh, relationship issues and, and dealing with uh, a loved one who you, who you love so much, but also, can't fully be with because of some some you know responsibility and i felt really connected with that and i felt like hans zimmer really really delivered with his you know with his melodies and piano and just like that this whole composition they tied together so nicely and it's it's i just keep in the background when i'm like writing or like focusing on something yeah Um, it sounds like the epitome of uh, every desi relationship yeah (laughs) oh my god there we go but like that that movie like you said, has a lot of things not going for it. But yeah. the thing that that whole series had going for it mm-hmm. really well was the chemistry. Yeah. And the relationship between Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I think that's one of the most realistic. The best, the best like I've ever seen in like a... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The best superhero yeah. like relationship that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. like you said. And I think I give a lot of credit to the, the director mm-hmm. who directed 500 Days of Summer mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That's my guy, man. Yeah, That's that my movie, guy. Man. Yeah. Right? And uh, because he knows how to deal with relationships. Yeah, and then exactly. you add Hans Zimmer, mm. who's the king of what scoring. What a combo. What a combo. What a combo. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. But it's not just Hans Zimmer as well. It's Pharrell Williams. Yes. It's, it's the yeah. Magnificent Seven. And they did, they did, like, they did amazing work collaborating with, you, yeah. with each other. Um, like, if you just put Hans Zimmer on your ears and you start walking out, you feel yeah. like you are the <laughs> You are in character. a movie. You are, you're in a movie yeah, instantly. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you're part of the movie. And it's like... The, the power that that man has yeah. with music, like, oh, man, I yeah. wish I was half as good <laughs> at <laughs> anything else. His soundtrack in Dune, uh, he did that, right? Yeah, he, that, yeah, that's he did. It's so great. It's, yeah. it's really good. I, I don't know. I've, it's it, Personally, like, I, I didn't like it as much as his other work, but okay. because most of it was because it was so rattling and loud in terms of, like, over over the actual, you know, talking and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think like that's more of a sound mixing issue than it yeah. is Hans Zimmer issue, right? I've seen that a lot recently. It's ever ever yeah. since Nolan was like, I'm not going to make you listen to any yeah. Tenet. <laughs> exactly. You're going to need subtitles Even for Tenet. Even Tenet, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm tired of these directors wanting us to feel movies. Yeah. I want to understand them. Like, yeah. Make them audible, please. Yeah. It's very difficult. <laughs> We're talking about how big of a cinephile he is. And yeah. um, he, he actually did like Dune and like other people in this room. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like Dune. <laughs> oh. I, I, I get why you didn't like Dune. I, I understand your perspective. Yeah. I, I get why he didn't like as well. I'm actually really also not like a huge sci-fi fantasy ah, sort of I fan. See. I'm a big, um, I'm very into sci-fi. Yeah. Like space yeah. movies are my, like my go-to. Have you checked out the Wheel of Time show yet? The Wheel of what? The Wheel of Time show. No, I haven't, but it's, it's on my, uh, on my list yeah. is, it, is it any good or? i don't know I, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to recommend it to me see, to be I like, okay all yeah right. i haven't like seen anything like crazy about it but yeah you know those people like some <laughs> there's some people in your life that recommend something to you mm-hmm. and you're like yeah okay whatever yeah but there's some people that are like yo you gotta watch i'm like yeah oh, i you know what i take your word yeah, for it like you trust them i yeah. trust you yeah. i will i will check it out i yeah, haven't yeah. heard anyone say that yet i see i see so i'm waiting That's for the right person i'm, I'm, I'm in the same spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
what is your uh so the pandemic really like halted movies yeah right? <laughs> We barely watched any good ones. Like Tenet yeah. came out during the pandemic mm-hmm. and you couldn't hear anything. Yeah. So that was that. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you cope with the lack of movies in the past 18 months? So do you go back and rewatch other ones? Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very into like rewatching movies you've already watched because yeah. there's always something you can take away into it. What's a it? classic that you always go back to and you're like, this one will not disappoint? I would say Cloud Atlas. Oh really? Genuinely, Cloud Atlas. I know. I know you don't like the movie as much I don't as like the, book, the movie. Yeah. Um, but I love the book and I love the movie. Yeah. equally yeah. and uh and the more i watch the movie the better it gets every time i watch it every single time it just gets better and better i wow. pick out i pick out something that i hadn't noticed before and you just you just connect with it more and more and it's one of those movies that i hold dear but also don't recommend to people because yeah. it's, because it's not it's not for everybody it is flawed um, yeah. it's definitely flawed um but you have to understand if you've read that you know original text mm-hmm. and you can complement it with that film it's perfect um, that's so that's so weird that you said that because we were walking up and I was like oh you have a copy of Cloud Atlas I'm like yeah, yeah. I do like it's always yeah. like, in the bookshelf and I, I've, I've checked it out a few times but yeah, I, don't, I haven't really gotten but I love it. I love the formatting and there, there's, the the movie feels like poetry uh-huh. it really does like the way it's like it, it shows like the generations and like crosses them and whatnot. I just I just feel like I'm reading poetry when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm watching that movie because it's the Wachowskis yeah and that they that, that last. Uh, that last like sequence where yeah. you know the the line I was I actually watched it with Diamond in the theater. <laughs> wow, um, that's why. Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't see it in the theater. That that oh, would have been a wild see, experience because it's yeah. like it's so. I haven't seen it. Period. Yeah, I know, and that's what I'm trying to explain mm-hmm. to you. It's like it's like you're on acid. Sometimes yeah. it's like you're taking really high octane drugs. Yeah. Everything is so bendy. Exactly. And it's it's, it's, bef- of, it's like Doctor Strange before Doctor Strange. It's called. I think that it's called Stream of Consciousness. Ah, yes. Um, they 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 use that a lot. I I, I don't know if you've uh, watched Speed Racer. No. Oof. <laughs> Oof. It's a messy one, but you have to, it's a very like, you know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You have to like, there's a, there's an audience for it, yeah, you know, yeah. like, of course. and uh, with, with Speed Racer, it came out, it was the biggest flop of the Wachowskis yeah. like ever. But now it's becoming like a very like cult slash, you know, like favored film because yeah. people are realizing, wow, this is actually a masterpiece. And I rewatched it during the pandemic too. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> this is like, this is like way beyond this time, you know? Like, wow. They did, they did, the movie came out at the wrong time because. When did it come out? 2006. Okay. So they yeah. had just finished like 2006 the or 2008. One of, one of those. Yeah. Um, they had but, just finished the but, Matrix. Yeah. The thing with the Wachowskis is that, the, so I, I listened to a lot of movie podcasts. Yeah. And I was listening to one recently. I don't know if you listen to John Campy at all. No, no, no. he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how his point of view was that the Wachowskis have not made a good movie since the first Matrix. Ah, no. And I'm like, Cloud man. Atlas, man. Cloud, Cloud Atlas. Atlas. Well, it, it wasn't received well, and it yeah. bombed the box office yeah. too. But like, and I didn't like it. The last time I remember watching it, I remember not liking I it. See. But I, you know what? I will give it a shot again. Give it a go because again. it has Halle Berry and Tom Hanks. Yeah, watch it again. So good, they're so good. But like that last line in the movie, it really connected with me because like when I read it in the book, I was like, "Whoa, I love this." (laughs) But but he basically says like, um, uh, "You will amount to nothing but a but a drop in a limitless ocean." And the dude replies to him, "He's like, but what is a drop? Uh, But what is an ocean but a multitude of drops?" Wow. And that just hit. That just hit me because I was like, "Whoa, this is like." It translated the what I read in the book perfectly, mm. and also the acting was brilliant in that scene. And just you know, yeah, Tom Hanks at his peak, man. Yeah. I was uh, listening to again another Tom Hanks podcast where he yeah. talked about how much fun that movie was for him to shoot. Yeah, 
And he was like, that's his, his top three favorite movies. You know movies. his erratic character from like, I, think, I don't know, the future, but like the the one who's like addicted to drugs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I vaguely remember. That was such a fun character to watch. I just, <laughs> I, it was such an odd character to see Tom Hanks in because he always goes for that, you know, perfect, like he's like that role model type yeah. of, you know, like likable yeah, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. But was, seeing him in that like villainy like role that's is the hilarious. Thing. You've ne- name a Tom Hanks movie where he was a villain in. Like, I can't think of one. Like Forrest Gump, The Terminal, you know. Catch me if you can, saving. because I was writing for Leo to <laughs> not stop. stop. Even even still, he was still the good guy because yeah. you you fell for the guy. Mm-hmm. You were like, man, he's trying to do his job. Yeah, and this Leo character. Is he always goes for that. That yeah. like even even a message for the king, you know, like yeah. same same yeah. vibe. But it's like. He, it's very hard to Sully, like Captain Phillips. He, he yeah. always plays the victim. <laughs> exactly. Like, na- na- exactly. For, name yeah. a villain role yeah. that Tom Hanks was in. You, it's very hard yeah. for, you, for you to do that because he started with rom coms in the nineties, eighties, yeah. and nineties, and then he moved into. Well, more if you dramas. if you think uh, Buzz Lightyear is a villain, <laughs> <laughs> but like Woody, he was Woody though. Oh, he was. He was Woody. Was You're right. Mel- there are arguments that true, Woody true. might be the villain. Uh, like, <laughs> that's I've seen that too. Those those video essays on YouTube are literally making bang on that. Woody might be Toy Story, but if Woody was <laughs> the a psychopath, yeah, there's like horror. I love horror those killers. videos. I love yeah, those videos those so really much. Cool. <laughs> uh, so this is a this podcast is started because me and my brother mm-hmm. were like, "Yo, we need to spend time together." Yeah, right. And the fact that you don't get to spend time with your brother, oh, we were talking man. about that. How much does that devastate you? <laughs> I miss it so much, man. I miss it. Like right? I feel so like alone in terms of, like when, when I'm watching a movie or like yeah. listening to like discover a new piece of music, and I want to share it. I just can't. Yeah, you know, like even if I do share, there's that time difference. I don't get that. Were you, you guys know? like close growing up together? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were. He he's very like, I was always a step behind him, in terms of like you know like what we listen to our like our our interests. Like he was into Coldplay like a year earlier than I was. You know, like he was into <laughs> like he 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 discovered Pratik and then I discovered Pratik. It's so you funny know, like, because the same thing happens here. Yeah, exactly. The it's, same exactly. You know, music tastes get passed on yeah. to older siblings. And it's funny because like he was really into fragrances before he left. Like like colognes and like perfumes and so yeah. and now i'm really into it and yeah. i just you wish he was here to say by the way you smelled immaculate in the car oh thank you thank you, you <laughs> really good i was like bro i wish the smell i was gonna ask you what cologne you were wearing but we talked about it's called, it's about called it. the fan your flames <laughs> nishane it's actually they sponsor us <laughs> it's actually yeah. the fan your flames is actually a quote from rumi yeah wow. it's, very, it's a very cool cool fragrance it's got like uh smoky like firewoody type of smell it smells very nice, nice. Yeah. it smells very nice but that, yeah. that's so cool so you were talking about how you like you miss his presence around yeah because man i feel like once i get married and move out mm-hmm. this guy is uh-huh. gonna miss it <laughs> like <they're-> you're gonna <laughs> miss it trust me you're gonna miss it um like he he i definitely he's, he's someone i look up to right yeah. like he he's he was my like uh what do you call it um like my guide into yeah. like you know like certain certain you know, creative genres and, genres and, that, and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a person who's, who doesn't like to experiment experiment much. And I take people's word for like their experiences. I, yeah. I like, I, I believe them and I like, you know what? Like you experienced this, you've gone through it firsthand. I don't have to, yeah. you know, like I don't, I'm not the one, like I got to try it too, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not that, you know, risk, risk taker. He is. So he did all that. And I basically took, took the best parts <laughs> that he learned through. And he, 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 could, he, he took the, you know, the hard, the hard hitting. Yeah. Moments, that's what, that's what elder siblings. Yeah. I think, I think that's do. the privilege yeah. of a middle, middle child. It's you, like, you know, be, you can see life from their point of view. Yeah. You can see the, the path that they took and then yeah. you can be like, okay, 
I will take that path, but will not make those mistakes. Exactly. Are you exactly. doing shade right now? And you're basically perfecting. You're basically <laughs> yes, perfecting exactly. the growth. I just want to <laughs> let everyone know that he just threw massive shade at me. And <laughs> we will be having a conversation. After this. <laughs> but yeah, man, I miss him a lot. I miss him. We we connected a lot. We connect a lot to this day. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just I just miss having him around. So what's the age difference between you and him? Two years. That's yeah. the same thing here. Yeah. I think that's ideal. I, yeah. I got to wear a lot of his hand-me-down clothes. Yeah. And then we shared a room together. <laughs> and Bro, so, me and him shared a room for 22 years. Wow. Like, I, I tell my mom that I know him better than she knows him. That's and true. She, mm-hmm. like, my mom knows him nine months more than I know him. Yeah. <laughs> knows him right? so. And it's, like, insane because uh, there be there will be times where, like, you know, we know when you spend so much time with someone, you start developing the telepathic yeah. communication. Yeah, yeah, Like, we will be in the same room, exactly. far apart, talking to different people, and yeah. we just look at each other. And we know exactly <laughs> I love what's that. going I on. I love that, yeah. And I think Hassan Minaj said, like, your like younger siblings' entire personalities are basically their older siblings. <laughs> I, I think you mentioned this in the in Nice Product podcast. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, I caught it. I caught it. It relates so much, man. <laughs> like the thing you're talking about. Yeah. Like I was on the John Muir train in 2017. Yeah, and he yeah, comes exactly, on exactly. I was on the Coldplay train. He because there is that influence, but right? I was on the Pratik train before. Ah, you, uh-huh. So there, there is always that. You know, there that back and forth. You're like collaborating and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. but there's always that. You know, guidance and you're taking something from the elder and like what do you think dime learned has learned from you oh i don't know man. he has to be that's what i'm saying man i wish he was here we would have had I like wish, a four-way yeah. podcast right now it would have been if, so much if fun. he was here to say it but i don't I, honestly like i don't know i think i think he 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 always compliments my uh my discipline yeah. my willingness to like take on new skills mm-hmm. like when i took up the piano like he, he even says like it's not something he'd be able to do yeah um but like I feel it is something he'd be able to do, but he just has his time somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but he always I think he always respected that I was able to, you know, once I have my mind somewhere, I can actually take it on. That because that's a very, very powerful skill to have. I agree, I agree. And, and that's something I talked about in the panel that I that I was in today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can talk about the panel you were in today. Yeah. Um so I was I was at a uh, professional development panel at ISNA Youth and it was basically for cater to fourteen to eighteen year year olds who are trying to break into unconventional careers that, that earn in STEM. Um, so like design, marketing, you know, uh, software, tech, anything like that. Yeah. And I was just telling them about my experience and how I was able to teach myself design through YouTube. Like I started the presentation with like, I'm just going to say here, YouTube is your best teacher. Yes. <laughs> you know, like that's where I learned everything. And you have Google, you have the, you have information at your fingertips. And I was, I'm, I'm a massive advocate of someone like, you know, having that discipline and putting that time and consistent effort into learning something yeah. and slowly seeing those, you know, the, the fruits of your labor. Yep. And that's, that's, that's something I really try to champion in my work. Yeah. And I have seen it, you know, successful over and over and over. That's why I always return to it Yeah. because I'm a very, I'm a person who likes to go and learn things his own way on his own time, mm-hmm. um, in his own direction. And so, like, the best way I can learn something is if I have interest in it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I learned piano was because I was practicing pieces that I liked, not not pieces that, you know, my tu- my tutor would be, like, you know, suggesting, like, yo, play this piece. I don't connect with it. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I connect with this Ludovico piece. Let yeah. me let me practice this. So I just, you know, printed sheet music and just started practice, practicing that. And so that's how long I, have you been playing piano for? Um, 2017, April. So and you're been, that good? And so you said you print sheet music, which means that you can read sheet music. Yeah. So I used to play trumpet in middle school. Mm, um, interesting choice I, I played of two, bass instrument. Yeah, I played for two years. Uh, it's mostly because have, have you heard of the the trumpet swan? Um, it's like a like old Disney Disney movie. 
um basically a trump this uh, swan that can play a trumpet um uh, that, that's oh that's so cute yeah it's, it's pretty that cute. is so uh, cute. i watched it i watched it as a kid um like when i was new to canada and yeah. i really connected with it so when i was in middle school i'm like i want to play the trumpet and that, that's that was why um and I, I excelled in it I, I i was able to pick it up really quickly and easily and then i joined my band uh and i was in band and uh i was actually given like um the the, the my band teacher and like uh, music teacher trusted me enough to like give me give me my own solo in the trumpet and i was that's cool I, she wanted me to basically continue a career in trumpet yeah, yeah. with with the trumpet with that with that or at least in music because she saw that i had a lot of passion when it came, came to like just like playing music yeah and uh she tried to get me to uh, uh get enrolled into the our, our um a high school that was actually catered for arts and music um, so like that's where like all the kids who are like who are trying to be actors or like musicians yeah. and they would go to. But it was like you know like twenty minute drive away from my house. There was no bus. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather go with convenient route. I just you know I just stopped. And yeah. my intention was to continue being in band in high school, but I got bullied so much and I was I just really? didn't want to. Yeah, I, that that's a whole different world. I don't even want to get into. It. No, because I mean, I'm fine with getting into, but like yeah, but like because it's so weird. Um. Because when we moved to Canada, mm-hmm. we moved to Canada in 2012. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever got bullied. Did you no, get bullied? No, I think there was a lot of Desi kids. Yeah, you weren't in Kitchener. You weren't in Kitchener. We were in Kitchener. Yeah, I was a minority um, with the with the name that's uh, not oh, so. Oh yeah, I was, yeah. I was gonna because we had another guest on the pod whose name was also yeah. someone. And I had to ask mm-hmm. when did you move to Canada? 2004, when I was eight. Okay, yeah. so yeah. you still saw the after effects of living with your is how difficult is that to this day? It was. It was is life changing. Like it, it, I am the person I am because of those experiences. Yeah, I, I am more sheltered. I'm more, I'm more like to myself. I don't like to open up to people unless I can trust them fully. Yeah, you know, like it's still like it's still affected me to this day. Um, my introverted personality is because of that. Yeah, and it it was it wasn't like you know it didn't it didn't stop. It was like all throughout like grade school, middle school, high school very much in high school yeah high school is like um, probably the peak definitely the peak um and then i got into university and people were more open-minded and you know accepting and i found my own crowd and that's when i realized like hey i don't have to face this because you know i have my own time i'm not forced to like be here forever yeah or like yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. has to get to know me really well um so that kind of like helped me stray away and like build my own personality from there yeah um yeah. but it was a difficult process. I did this. I did talk about it with uh, with a couple. I, I I talk about it a lot with with my friends and uh, just folks I'm getting to know. I I was extensively bullied, and it was just like it was very much formative. Did you ever think of maybe changing your name or maybe going with a nickname? I did. My mom wanted me to change my name. Really? Um, and I I just didn't want the hassle. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> paperwork, <laughs> paperwork. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but not just that. Like slowly, like I started actually liking my name um because there was a time i hated it yeah um and that would probably be in middle school mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably when i was my most sensitive and my most like i know vulnerable yeah. um and innocent um it wasn't until like in high school i became more protected protective over it because yeah. i started like appreciating like yeah like why why do they hate me so much there's it's a, a beautiful reason, name, right? man. and i just like i hold it dear if it, if it affects you like that i'm gonna, i'm gonna just gonna keep it keep it to myself stronger right like hundred yeah, percent man um so that was a goal and uh it there were positives out of it i guess like you don't want that you know it's it's a negative experience but i've always been a person to like see 
a better light from your negative experiences. Yeah. Um, so I it, was it, able I think, to. I guess it makes you like a little bit more of an optimist, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this can't be it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this can't be it. Yeah, like you, and you learn, you learn a lot about the nature of people, yeah. and and oh, true, very right, early yeah. on, right? Like you, you're able to like, you're able to understand like not everybody's gonna be gonna like you, yeah. and that that if the the earlier you learn that, I think the better you're off in life, and uh, the better you can be prepared for. And I guess, you know, that in itself was a, I don't know, a shining... Uh, Blessing in disguise, yeah, I guess. exactly. That, that's, that's so interesting because when, I think when we moved in, when we moved to Canada, there was a lot of, like, brown people mm-hmm. in our school. Like, mm-hmm. we had an M- a thriving MSA, a yeah. thriving PSA. Yeah. We were like... Wow. I started a cricket team. Wow. Yeah, we were like... We <laughs> I didn't even like have that. an MSA. Like, my MSA, like, the first time I heard of an MSA was at uni. I was like, whoa. Like this wow, is actually really? a club for We had Muslims. like a whole mist thing going on That's in our so universe sick. in our in our high school. That's like so it was sick. it was very nice. And we had a lot of like um the one of my closest friends that I met in, mm-hmm. in high school was also someone who had recently mm-hmm. moved to, from Karachi to, back, yeah. to Canada. So there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I, I, I never had that experience. Yeah. Attendance time, the worst. <laughs> Every time, like the first class, you know, like yeah. Osama heads turn always, you know, like yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> there have been times where I've been like, you know, like I've actually like been in a fight or, you know, just trying to defend myself yeah. or, or like, you know, I get so angry that I, you know, go physical. And it, that in itself was a learning, learning moment as a teaching moment yeah. as well. Like I was able to take something out of it. I'm like, I can't let myself, you know, get rattled like this. Yeah, you know, you I have to be able to be able to have control in my emotions. Yeah. And I guess that was also another silver lining. And yeah. I mean, a lot of like we got extensively bullied in Pakistan, though, mm, which is very really? interesting. Yeah. Because okay, so well, we moved to Karachi when we I was nine, you were seven, and we had moved from from the states. Oh, so we only okay. knew English. Okay, okay. And when you come to Karachi, which is a predominantly Urdu mm-hmm. speaking town, uh, people get really threatened really quickly. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm, uh, but then we lived in a very middle class society, and it wasn't really like high end, yeah. like, defense Clifton type. So it was a lot of that. Like, oh, you live in like Johar? What the hell's that? And like. <laughs> Like, but I think the like, whole class divide. Yeah, yeah. The whole concept of bullying itself in Pakistan is so prevalent that people yeah. don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. you would get bullied for the it's like, natural, the most lamest things. If you're fat, you get bullied. If you're too yeah. thin, you get bullied. If you're, if you're too short, you get bullied. Oh, if you're, trust yeah. me. Your skin color. <laughs> I get bullied by my family in Pakistan. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the way of life, you know. Yeah. Like you're kamzor, you know. Like you're you're not eating enough. Yeah. It's big, like you're like you're too short or skinny. Like that's that's the that's the go to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was very thin. I was very very skinny. So we they used to call me Tili. Yeah, it still gets to me to this day because I'm like, this is how I am. Accept accept me. But at the same time, Dime's like, Dime, Dime, Dime's like, he knows, he knows when I'm really like rattled and I I need that space because when I I go back home, I need that, I need to be mentally prepared for all those comments. For all of that criticism. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm getting ready for that right now. Yeah. Whenever (laughs) I go back, I'll be like, what? The hair thing is the yeah. worst. Really? Immediately they're like, "Yo, I, what, what happened to your hair? <laughs> like you're losing hair, man." I'm like, this is, this, "Yes, that's what I get." And I'm like, "Okay." And then they go, "Just embrace it. Just embrace it." It starts from your head all the way to your tummy. Yeah. And then at the end, they're like, "You're just get the fuck out of here. You're, you're short. Get out of here." That's hilarious. I'm like, what do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah. But uh, I guess 
I guess, uh, again, like you said, it was formative in the sense that we developed a lot of thick skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I was ready to get bullied here. Oh, yeah. I was like, life is not high school musical. Exactly, exactly. But that's, that's also what our perception was of, like, life in Canada or, like, high school ah. in general. Like, the first day that we were, went to high school, we were like, yeah. why aren't people dancing here? Like, where, where's <laughs> yeah. the music at? <laughs> that's true, that's true. I'm, I'm ashamed of that. Yeah. You, got, you, got, you got bamboozled. <laughs> I'm very ashamed of that, but there's truth to it. That's hilarious. Where it was like, okay, where's the Zac Efron character? <laughs> which is funny, which is hilarious, actually, because we did have some like we had Sean Mendes in our school. Oh, and we were like, Well, this is Zach Efron. That's like, this sick. is the guy. This That's is the guy. Nobody's going after him. Like, what's yeah, like, why what's is nobody? Yeah. Like, why aren't girls not surrounding him? And yeah. like, like, people went their extra mile to not give a shit about yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah. And I was like, Do you know who this is gonna <laughs> yeah, become? Exactly. Like, what is wrong? With I think you? it's just like more like they know him and they're it's like an everyday thing, it's nothing special. Yeah. yeah, that's why. But it's not until like they actually become someone that it hits. Yeah, you know? Our high school experience. How do so you weird. still hold on to your pockets on your roots? Are you still into um the Pakistani music? Mm-hmm. Are you do you still listen yeah. to a lot of I, it? I genuinely like love Pakistani music and Urdu music and poetry and um just culture and uh, overall like food. Oh yeah, that number one. We thing. had a we had a whole fight about yeah. Lahore versus Karachi food right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Diamond and I are really into like Coke Studio. You know, oh yeah, like, that's like that's a beautiful beautiful music, um, but also like you know like artists like Ali Seti or like mm. Rahat Fateh Ali Khan, mm. um, they're they're like they're masterminds in their yeah. in their work, and I I love their work. And there's actually like really really cool emerging artists in our generation that mm. are actually doing amazing. Um, I I. I blank on his name because his his Instagram always like you know confuses me. Do you mind? Yeah, go ahead. Um, go ahead. But he's basically like he 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 plays a harmonium, and he's very nicely vocally tr- vocally trained. And I found him on Clubhouse. Wow. And, uh, Clubhouse is it still thriving? <laughs> I mean, the initial days were really. He fun. made me get an iPhone just so I could download Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. No, so so his name is Hamas, okay. and uh, he he has the most beautiful voice, mm. and he's very like very learned in in the art of like uh, I don't know uh, Kawali. Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, he has so much like so much skill yeah. in it. But he's also so young. Yeah, you know, like he's your age, mm-hmm. and he's doing that. You have no idea, like. Cause you 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 see this stuff coming out of people that are like you know forty fifty years old yeah. and they're they're all they're old they're like already have or have been in that career, but he's in our generation. He's right. someone that looks like you and me, yeah, yeah. and that sounds like that. It's, it's just beautiful. So what I wanted to ask um, was how do you deal with if you deal with it at all with the imposter syndrome? Is that something you that occurs into your uh, cranium at all, or is this, yeah? Because um, that's something I've been dealing with recently right? right now i'm dealing with it with the new job okay um it's been my first week and uh <laughs> they, they they're giving me a lot of responsibility and i've never had that before and i do feel like they're too trusting of me or maybe like they're too they they're they're thinking of me much more skilled than i really am mm-hmm. but i <laughs> that happens when you lie on your resume <laughs> yeah, that does. exactly i am professional in excel i don't <laughs> even know how to do a viewer <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not. I hope they're not. No, we'll, we'll cut it out. We'll cut it out. <laughs> but but yeah, it is also a natural feeling. Um, yeah. You're always gonna feel that wherever you go. And I've le- I learned that early on in my extracurricular work when I'm volunteering as a graphic designer. I'm learning and being open to you know new new ways to go about something. Mm-hmm. Even though you may feel like an imposter, you're being you're being molded into the person that you know they see you as or they they want you to be as. Yeah. Um. So. As a self-learner, as someone who teaches himself everything, um, even though, like, I may not know, like, 
how to do something, I'm gonna go out and find a way to yeah. actually learn how to do it. That's like a very terrible paraphrasing of Will Smith's. It's a very inspiring. I was gonna say pursuit of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Let me tell you what. If I don't know the answer, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna tell go you. I don't know. But I'm gonna go out there and yeah. find it for you. Basically, you know, Can you, you know, tell I, he loves that movie. I used that line in a job interview, and I got the job once. Really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it works. But Smith, I, I, I it legit works. like I, I was re- I was looking at the interview before I I I went for my interview and I was like you know what I'm gonna use this line and it worked. What <laughs> you if they know? caught you like that's Will Smith? That's not you. No, 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 no. they wouldn't have caught, caught, me, caught me. I know, I know they hadn't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> not closer to enough. Yeah, <laughs> like with me but, currently, like I'm struggling with the whole imposter syndrome thing. Like every time my book comes out, like this is my second collection. I see, I see, yeah, yeah. And like people, like a lot of people that I meet like out of mm-hmm. um, Instagram, Twitter realm. So there's a perception of you on the internet, which is m- uh, probably 85 to 90% are skewed. Like yeah. that's not who you really are. Mm-hmm. So like his friends met me and his friends were like, wait, I thought you were like this really pretentious writer person who only talks in metaphors, who only like spits yeah. out poetry, but you're like chill. <laughs> what's What's up with that? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they already have like a persona up in their mind, you know? Because and and I bl- that's I blame the thing. Core. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Rupi Core. I get that a lot too. Like when people like meet me for the first time, they think I'm like this like crazy like you know like I don't know very wise dude. But I I'm actually like a fool. Like I act yeah. like a fool sometimes. <laughs> you know like like I have like some crazy energy sometimes. Yeah. And they're like, where the hell does this come from? Like I did not expect this from like yeah. This this personality from, you know, someone whose work is so like peaceful. Yeah. You know, like I have like, you know, like a whole opposite, you know, vibe. And I get that too. Like that's I, what I was wondering. I, I ask, relate to how that. do you deal with that then? Like I honestly it, like I don't I don't I I embrace it. Honestly. Embrace it. Yeah. Is, is I it love, like having two personalities, like one for your online yeah. uh, followers and then one in real life? Mm, no. I don't know, man. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't no. say that because that is myself too, yeah, right? Okay. Like that is like myself to a certain extent but i'm very i'm more open in person mm-hmm. so like online i'm very closed off and it's just me and my thoughts whereas in person it's also my body language and it's also my you know like just like the jokes i would say is i'm not mm-hmm. writing a caption i can actually put a joke in or like yeah, put a yeah, reference yeah. to a movie that type of thing right yeah and so that's most of my personality referencing movies right now right now yeah same. <laughs> and tv shows like yeah. the office was like 95 percent of our personality yeah, 20 yeah. 20. <laughs> like that's that's all i had agreed but like that's something that i'm i'm gonna be dealing with a lot when i go to karachi yeah like, i'm going for like a mini book tour and mm-hmm. it's like how do i manage the whole writer persona mm-hmm. versus who i really am be- because that is a part of me as well go with the, go with who you real who you really are because yeah. that is also part of your writing persona right yeah, yeah. um if you're just gonna be writing persona you're blocking something yeah very essential I, from yeah. that you know, I don't audience. think if anyone's ever seen like one episode of our podcast, they know that. Like, that's yeah, not <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like I think that just shows. I think that just shows who listens and who doesn't. That's true. Watching y'all, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like we we're, we're like the type of people that would be like crying when the yeah. cricket match happens. And yeah, we're also the type of people that like might be like quoting. I don't know, like not Rupi Kaur, but like mm-hmm. Rumi yeah. or someone like that. Yeah, on exactly, like, exactly. It's, exactly. We're, we're, it's a double-edged sword. What right? you seek is seeking you. <laughs> there we go. I love that. Like, Okay, so we've held you for like a long time now and I don't want to keep you waiting because no, we do have I a long drive back. All the time but in the world. Is, <laughs> yeah, because you're home alone now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, is there anything that you would like to l- tell people about your art that they probably don't understand or they probably misconstrue or just 
to let them know um, what they might be misreading. I'm not original. <laughs> that that is my main th- my main thing. Um, a lot of people that people think that I I'm, I come up with my own ideas. You know, like yeah. I I'm generally not an original artist. A lot of my process and 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 it's an ongoing learning process. I I talked to you about this in the car. Yeah. Um, I'm never gonna finish learning something because I always want education to be a main part of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I when I talk about education, the the best way I can learn something is being inspired by 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 a medium or or trying to copy someone's style and trying to figure out how they got to this point, and then trying to put my own twist to it. Sure. Right. Yeah. So a lot of my majority of my work is taken from other artists and I put my own twist to it. Um, If you see my um, Art Imitates Art uh, series, I Mm. basically took uh, exhibits uh, from the Art Gallery of Ontario and like museums I went to. They're pictures. I took pictures of like a statue or like a photograph at the gallery and I would basically paint over it and uh, just mess with it until like I was satisfied with the vision that I had for it or what I felt with it when I saw the picture. That's and I think beautiful. J. Cole expands on this as well. There we uh, go. He's, he's a very like, uh, he's a very like let artists build upon each other. You know, like yeah. he, he he's a believer in collaboration. He doesn't believe in like, you know, um, like even if like one's work is one's work, they shouldn't like keep it to themselves. You know, they should let it, they should like let it out in the world and let others build upon it. Yeah. So I when agree. I see someone like, you know, try to copy my work, I'm very much for it, you know, yeah. like because that they're learning too. They're they're trying to you know figure out how I did what I did. Yeah, and it's just a collaborative process. And I feel like a lot of people get too like ticked off when someone copies their work or like. I feel like it's a, it's more of a praise than it is anything. Imitation else. is a form of compliment. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And um, I mean, sure, like putting your exact work is a whole different yeah. story. Plagiarism is not exactly, <laughs> but but once when it's inspired, that's just that's just you 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 did that, you know. You can tell, um, yeah. So. I just think don't be afraid to like take something that already exists and build upon it. Yeah. Because that's the only way that I learned. That's the originally the way I learned because yeah. when you're looking at, you know, eight year old Osama in his bedroom, he was tracing, he was tracing pictures from mangas. He was even writing, drawing like actual original drawings. Yeah. He'd get a piece of paper, put it like a phone light or like a lamp and then put another one and just, just writing. And that taught me, you know, how lines worked. Because it just the tracing in itself taught me like how you know to create faces and eyes you know build that muscle memory and illustration. Yep. So there was a lot I took from it, and there was it, it was that surely that wasn't the intention at the time. Yeah, I just wanted to be you know make something and like act like I did it. Um, <laughs> but alhamdulillah, like I was able to learn a lot from it, and I realized that early on, and I took it to wherever I wanted to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Art art is never stolen, only borrowed, right? Exactly. Yeah. I love how you have that growth mindset where you're all constantly looking to like learn things. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody out there who's like looking to start up a new skill, like learn the guitar, play the piano, yeah. learn how to read, shoot mm-hmm. music, what advice would you give to them? Um, because you also uh, touched base upon how mentally focused and disciplined you yeah. are. How does somebody go about building yeah. that? Um, Th- that's how you know he's so much of a corporate slave. He said, "Touch base, touch base." <laughs> touch base. I want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> that business jargon, you know. I actually, want to vomit right now. I'm crying. That's, that's what on this now. <laughs> I, w- I honestly, I would say, um, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, this is your this your you love this interest and you're you're seeking the education because you love it, right? And if you lose it because you know you don't see yourself growing in it, then you lost the plot, right? Be comfortable True. in the learning process. And when I was learning piano, 
I was I stuck to pieces that I was really familiar with. Or my first piece I learned was uh from uh from a really small track from the movie called Soul Surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, great movie by the way, very underrated. The soundtrack is beautiful. Um, <laughs> and the piano in that track that I was able to learn was very simple, but it sounded beautiful. I, yeah. I was connected with it, even though it was like a very like easy track to learn. That began my journey. That just learning that was a sense of accomplishment. And that kind of pushed me even more to like seek seek more, maybe slightly more challenging uh, uh, pieces. And that, and I was once I grasped those, I was like, oh, I, I didn't know I could, I could, you know, I could yeah. get to this point, but here I am. And that it's, it's just self motivation, you know. Once you're able to see those, you know, those checkpoints and like acknowledge them, I think then you you're basically on your way on autopilot. But great. as long as you hit that first growth, yeah, um, it, it should be sustainable. Yeah. But the thing is, you got to be stay comfort- comfortable. Osama, yeah. thank you very much for taking your time out. Of course. Uh, this is a long time coming. Like, I've been, I've, you know, I messaged him before I messaged him to come on. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. yeah this was like pre pandemic. And then, like, the pandemic happened mm-hmm. and then everything shut down. But and then you went online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah then you went online. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm really grateful that you came. This was yeah. a wonderful conversation. Mm-hmm. And we're probably going to have another one when we drive back. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, again, thank you for your time. This was actually and great. I genuinely enjoyed this as yeah. my first, po- first podcast. But, yeah, yeah. And I, I hope you come back. Definitely. Yeah, I yeah, hope that this whenever Dime's coming. back, we'll have oh, like a brother should, on brother podcast. We should definitely. That would be. We should have a, like a two on two four person <laughs> podcast, and like let's see where it goes. Like That'd complete mayhem, or <laughs> I complete chaos. I would. I would love that too. Uh, thank you for your time, and no we, and we hope that you come back. Inshallah. Yeah. Where can people find you if you want to plug yourself real quick? Osama um, Lama or my website osamakhalid.com. So, yeah, everything yeah. is gonna be in the description, description. so awesome. people can check that out. Perfect. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah.